Charts are a leading indicator of fundamental analysis. John Murphy Man's time here is finite, but the influence of a man is infinite. The question is what shall we do with the daylight that remains? Alright guys, I want to talk to you today about stocks again. I try to I try to throw in stocks, a little personal development, a little business management or leadership, and today we are back to our stocks, right? So um, some of my previous uh, episodes have been talking about stock market basics or um, a simple method to pick good stocks uh, without being, you know, obsessive or spending tons and tons of time on it, and so you should go back and check those out, um, simple stock picking analysis or stock picking strategies. But uh, today I want to get in just a slight bit more detail, still staying with the basics, but talking about the fundamental analysis of a stock. Now, if you're interested in kind of understanding what drives the charts, there are many different ways to look at a stock and that's what makes the game so hard and that's why you would you can see you know two different billionaires who have had great success in investing have completely different uh, methods of finding good stocks and they'll argue till they're blue in the face at whose method is better and in the end no, nobody knows, right? <laughs> it's a very complex game. So we're going to stick with some of the basic stuff here. Fundamental analysis. Um, essentially, it includes three different sheets. You would first have your balance sheet, your cash flow statement, and then your income statement. You've heard me talk about income statements a lot when, like, in response to like Robert Kiyosaki's videos and things. He he constantly talks about an income statement, right, or a balance sheet. So you got your cash flow statement, your balance sheet, and your income statement. Now these three financial statements um, basically make up the financials of a company to help you understand whether this is a profitable growing company or not, uh, or in one sense, they help you know what the value of the stock should be. So number one is the balance sheet. The balance sheet compares a company's assets versus liabilities which equals the you know equity so what are assets assets are things that are valuable to the person that owns them so so things like a a building computers um, machines automobiles etc right real estate all those things would be assets and it can go on and on forever anything that basically is a valuable good that you own or have possession of is an asset and a liability are those debts that you might have probably from accumulating assets. So when you build a new office building for your growing company, you're probably going to get a loan against that building. So the building itself and the property it's on are assets. The loan against it is a liability. So when you take all your assets and add those up, and then you take all your liabilities and add those up, and then, you know, minus them from one another, uh, the difference would be your equity. Hopefully your equity is positive, right? That's that's also how you 
calculate your own personal net worth. And I have a net worth um, calculator that I use on a monthly basis and it's called a net worth tracker. And I would encourage you to do that on a monthly basis as well, where you just keep track of your assets and debt, constantly track your own net worth. Now, going back to a company's assets and liability, the reason that it's a balance sheet is because, you know, if you have a big loan against a big property, the debt to uh, like asset ratio should be fairly balanced, right? If you have a million dollar building and a, you know, let's say $800,000 loan against it, uh, it's it's fairly imbalanced, right? You, you've got 20% equity there and um, you've got this nice balance. So when you see that in a stock, you're going like, okay, it's it's got 20% equity in this one particular area or whatever. If you're looking at across the entire company, you're going, okay, how much equity do they have? How, how big are their debts? How much cash do they own and, and assets in their buildings and software and all that stuff, right? Um, if you see that get really out of whack one way or the other, those are indicators to either buy or sell sometimes. So that's why that's why sometimes when when companies come out with their financial statements for the next quarter or their their recommendations for the next quarter, you'll see stock prices jump. Okay, so we talked about the balance sheet, but that didn't tell us how a company's making money, right? It just tells us how much they already own as far as their property and their cash and all those things um, versus the debt they owe on those things. Now, an income statement tells you how much money they're actually earning. So this essentially reveals what their revenue is versus their expenses. So you see that these sheets have like the upside and the downside, right, to help you sort of compare how a company's doing, their revenue versus their expenses. So I think revenue is probably pretty straightforward. The money that you're earning as you provide your goods and services to the to people you serve, right? The expenses, those are typically things like the operational cost of your employees, your buildings, your power, like all those things, the interest you owe on your loans and debts, and then uh, taxes and things like that. So, so those are common expenses. So you sort of look at the revenue minus the expenses, and that shows you total profits in any given month, quarter, or year. Now, lastly, I mentioned a cash flow statement. So the cash flow statement um, kind of combines various aspects of a business and shows you like what their operations look like, their investments, their debt, and then how much cash they have available. The cash, cash position of a company can be a very strong uh, thing for them. It makes them uh, if they have a, a lot of cash on hand uh, versus their you know debts and and things like that, they they then have the ability to acquire other companies. They could um, innovate without taking out new debt. They could uh, survive a storm, right? Which is very relevant today. Like I've talked a lot about many of the indicators that say that we're headed for a Great Depression, right? We have recessions every so often, uh, like every three to five years, sometimes seven years. Uh, we have these recessions where the stock market has a down year for, you know, uh, a few quarters in a row, and then we may come out of that and we just carry on up, 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 right? 
And that just is a cycle we're all used to. But a Great Depression happens more like every 70 to 90 years kind of thing. And that happens when many things are out of whack. And so um, these recessions and depressions, you might be looking for stocks that can weather a storm. And their cash position is a very uh, good indicator of their ability to do that, depending on how much cash they have, what kind of revenue they're bringing in how many employees and debts and things that they have obligations to. And so that's one reason that uh, I believe Facebook is the largest position of many of the biggest hedge funds in the country. Uh, they, They see Facebook and Google and some of those companies that have the ability to make massive amounts of money with very few employees and have tons of cash on hand are attractive companies at a time like this. You might assume with having you know talked about these different financial statements that this would relate to the price of a stock. Now it does in a sense, but not in the sense of how one stock's price compares to another stock's price. Because you got to remember that a company, when they go public, they essentially divide the company into you know millions of different shares, and then based on the the financials and the assets and the debts and all those things that we just talked about that there's sort of a price determined for that company but there's a big difference of a company that you know is valued at somewhere around a billion or four billion dollars versus a company that's valued around 10 or 20 or 30 billion dollars at the time that they go public and then how many shares do they divide that company into well, if you only divide, uh, you know, let's say you got a $10 billion company that's divided by, you know, 10 million shares. Well, how do those shares, what's the price of those shares compared to a $20 billion company that divides by the same amount of shares? Well, one of them is going to be worth twice as much per share as the other, right? So the price of one company's stock is pretty much irrelevant to the price of another company's stock. So today, Google's somewhere in the range of 2800 and change per share, right? And then Microsoft is somewhere in the range of 320 or $330 per share. Well, they are two of the largest companies in the world, but one stock price is way higher than the other one. And you can't compare them that way. That doesn't tell you anything about the quality of one stock, the profitability of, another, of, of the stock, any of those things. And that's why a lot of people use certain ratios to determine you know, good buys. You've probably heard one of the most common ones is the P-E ratio, the price to earnings ratio. And what that is, is the net income of the company divided by the number of outstanding shares. So... This company is earning X number of dollars. It's got Y number of shares. Divide X by Y equals a ratio. The lower the ratio, the better the bargain of that stock, right? Now, there's other complexities. So you can't just... So some people do lean on the P-E ratio quite heavily, but it doesn't tell the whole story. And so this is another example of why, you know, People pick certain indicators for stocks and their analysis, and then they compare, you know, stocks daily of what's going on. And so, you know, you can look at these things and get an idea of what's going on, 
But then you want to look at the bigger picture and say, okay, what kind of competition, what kind of market share do they have? Um, what's their protection against other companies entering their space? <clears throat> A variety of other things that you would be interested in. So anyway, it's a quick breakdown of a few of the financial statements and why people use ratios and things like that. I hope it's helpful in your education as you're kind of a, you know, coming from a basics level in stock investing or interested in getting the market. These are a few things to help you understand the world we're living in as it pertains to the stock market. If you enjoyed this content or found it helpful, please, uh, subscribe to the podcast, share the content, and uh, hopefully we'll catch you guys on the next one. Hey, thanks for listening to the entire episode. As a token of gratitude, I want to give you a discount on my book, Ingrained. Head over to bronsonwilkes.com store and download Ingrained for less than a dollar with the coupon code GOALS, G-O-A-L-S.